to me, music music is magic. It continues to be uh, magical on so many different levels, and I feel like it's the one thing that brings us together. Hello, seasons, greetings, one and all. I'm Dave Trout. And yes, this is the show that loves to go behind the scenes to talk one-on-one with artists so that we get to know more about the heart behind the music. This is the Green Room Door Podcast. This is Season 6, Episode 3, and this will be our final episode for the year 2022. We're in the throes of the Christmas season, so it's a special Christmas episode. We're going to be talking to two artists who just released new Christmas albums. The first is a guy who needs no introduction at all. Uh, You know him as the four-time Grammy Award-winning vocalist, formerly of the group DC Talk. Since then, he's had uh, an illustrious um, solo career um, with just tons of albums. And his most recent work is a Christmas album called Winter Woods. We're talking about Kevin Max. He'll be on the first half of today's show. Then on the second half, we'll be talking to veteran singer-songwriter Stacy Frenis. Her new project, Light of Love, made UTR's list of the top six Christmas albums released this year. And we're going to get to know more about her and her music as well uh, coming up in the second half of the show. So uh, buckle in. We've got some uh, holiday fun conversations for you. Um, And we'll begin with Kevin Max right now. Good King Wenceslas looked on the feast of Stephen when the snow lay round about deep and crisp and even brightly shone the moon that night though the frost was cruel when a poor man came inside Gathering winter fuel. We're so excited to have Kevin Max with us uh, on the podcast. Um, Kevin is an award-winning singer-songwriter um, and has is uh, releasing this uh, incredible new Christmas album called Winter Woods, um, which is a very fun, interesting, quirky, unique take on a holiday album. We'll dive into that, the, the, the nuts and bolts of that a little bit, but why don't you start by telling us um, what was sort of, you know, I always am curious when an artist releases a Christmas album, why that happens, because you, know, you have to be kind of in a certain place in your career for a Christmas album to come out. Uh, so, so why right now a holiday album in your career? I absolutely agree with you on Christmas. It's, it's always, um, in my opinion, uh, questionable for anybody to put out a Christmas album, <laughs> especially after we've had, you know, the greats, you know, Bing Crosby, uh, Nat King Cole, uh, Frank Sinatra, all these people, you know, in my opinion, um, they created the best holiday albums ever yeah. and be able to beat that. I mean, uh, and I, I feel sorry for those people that think, you know, um, some of the pop singers of today are, are, you know, you know, making that even uh, a questionable, uh, 
hey, we're going to take this further. You're not taking it further. The Mariah right. of the world are, are not doing it a service necessarily. But, you know, it is like a, I think one of the reasons that people love a good Christmas album is it's a catalog project. It comes around every year. Yeah. If they like it enough, it's something they play every year and it's become cyclical. And I think people, you know, they love nostalgia. And I think once they gravitate to something that they love, they want to play it, you know, um, every, every holiday season to remind themselves of how great that record was. So what I made an album in 2004 um, with Northern Records, it was called Holy Night. And we tried our best to create something classic. And what we did is we took some of the most classic um, Christmas hymns, if you will, and tried to get the instrumentation as specific as we could. And it was all done through a um, keyboard, um, some of some live uh, percussion and guitar playing from Andy Prickett of the Prayer Chain. Most of it was done by a guy named Byron Hagen, who actually became a priest. Um, so it, it's, it was a very interesting album. And I feel like um, it kind of has some mystical qualities to it. It doesn't feel happy, cheesy holiday. It feels more like a record that you put on in the evening and um, sit with it, you know? And so for that same reason, I thought if I'm ever going to do another record, I want to build on that idea and create something even more mystical, something even more um, nighttime, if you will. And uh, my mother um, asked me last year, would you please make another Christmas album? Because she's a big fan of the Holy Night record. Well, since then, she's um, developed a very uh, aggressive form of dementia and it's it's been very difficult for her to remember much uh, when she she has a hard time walking around the house even right now it's it's um it's a debilitating disease and it's really tough for me to see my mom go through this and I was just like I remember what she asked me last year and I said to myself I've got to create this for her while she's here and I've got to create this so that she can listen to it and remember the sound of my voice and actually bring some happiness to her because it's something new. Um, and so that's the reason behind making Winter Woods because other than that, the idea of making a Christmas album doesn't really excite me, but this one did and this reason did. And going into kind of older, um, English carols, Celtic carols, things that people may have heard over the years, but something that hasn't been played over and over again was more along the line of what we wanted as far as the content. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, so let's dive into the sound a little bit because um, it's it's uh, it's interesting. Um, it's just not what you you know not what every other artist would do. Um, if I understand right, you're teaming up with um, Old Bear Records and Blind Thief Studio and kind of uh, creating a sound that's very vocal centric. But let, I'll let you go into it a little bit more about just kind of what your target is and kind of you know what you were aiming for in the creation of Winter Woods. My target is for somebody that wants something beyond what they hear all the time on the radio. Um, I think radio has kind of done music in general a disservice when it comes to 
you know, the stuff that's harder to find, um, you know, as UTR puts it, the gourmet music of the world, it's, it's a little more difficult to, to search it out, find it. Mm -hmm. um, the idea for the Christmas music in that term was let's find music that kind of makes you feel like walking through a winter wood, you know, um, maybe in times gone by. I mean, I grew up on a farm in Grand Rapids and my favorite thing was walking out in the woods by myself and, and kind of hiking and, and trying to explore and find places that I hadn't before. And I was lucky because I was fortunate because my dad, um, his property was about 12 acres of woods. And then that backed itself up to about 30 acres of woods. And so I would constantly, you know, be on this um, trip into the forest to kind of find new things. So the fact that I was a Tolkien, uh, a Tolkien head where, I, you know, everything about my upbringing was about fantasy and, and, you know, a Frank Herbert fan. And so my imagination was built on these kind of fantasy albums. And I thought, if I could kind of do a version of that with a Christmas album, this would be incredible. And so I've been finding all these really old carols, like from the 17th century and the 16th century, that kind of evoke that feeling. And uh, that's so that's where we're going. If we hit the nail on the head is another. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We might screw it up. Yeah. But that's the that's the risk. I mean, is like, and to me, the risk is all, it's it's everything. I mean, if you don't risk, if you don't go outside your comfort zone to create something that you don't even know if you can, then it's not interesting to me. And so when I met, you know, Chris Hoisington and Old Bear, we started, you know, experimenting with this album Fantasy, which was songs from fantasy films that I thought, if we did them in a really stripped back way very minimal instrumentation. It was more about my voice um, and more about the, the nostalgia of the song. This could be interesting. And we started doing it and, and I was just like mesmerized by how great it was because it was so simple. And the first one we did was Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka, which was one of my favorite films growing up as a kid. Um, the only thing that might trump that was Rankin and Bass's uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yes. <laughs> Claymation, you know. Doesn't and, really count as fantasy, I don't think, but. <laughs> yeah, but they, then they created The Hobbit, you know. Yeah. And, and Rankin and Bass did the, the same thing with The Hobbit. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I decided to do Greatest Adventure from that from that film as well. So yeah. the, hopefully the Christmas album has the same kind of feel that that fantasy does. Yeah, that's so. Uh, could you? I was gonna. I didn't want to. I didn't want to pick it out for you. Could you pick out one song that's on Winter Woods and tell us just sort of like why you picked it, what your you know just kind of the story behind it. All right. Well, this is gonna sound. I mean, I hope this sounds strange to people because <laughs> I'm a purveyor of all that is weird, but um, yeah. I wrote a book uh, years ago called Fiefdom of Angels, which is all about the angelic race and the, and the origin of the angelic race from my idea of what that might be. It's a complete fantasy uh, book, complete fantasy. Um, along those lines, a song has been always interesting to me and I've always wanted to cover it, always wanted to do it. It's called Gabriel's Message. And it's 
about the Archangel Gabriel. And um, I just felt like this is a song that I could really tackle and make it interesting. Uh, Sting did a version years back that kind of rose to some kind of prominence because it was on the very special Christmas um, compilations. Uh, people, a lot of people, and I'm, when I say a lot, I mean a lot of people say, your voice reminds me of an angel when you sing. Huh. It's the hugest compliment that a singer yeah. ever did, obviously. Um, and I, I always laugh at that. I think, huh, I wonder what an angel would really sound like. It's not going to sound like Kevin Max. Uh, but, you know, maybe yeah. it does. And I thought, okay, well, let me try to make an angel voice for you on Gabriel's message. We set ourselves like these impossible goals to create something that's out of, you know, uh, corporate structure. And uh, if we can, if we can do it, then we're super happy. And uh, if we don't, we're still happy because we tried. Yeah, totally. So, um, I mean, one one of the the big stories around this album is it um it couldn't have been made without the support of an incredible kickstarter community who helped uh to fund the project back during the kickstarter campaign um can you just express how it feels to you to have a community of people come around and kind of believe in this and support it yeah absolutely i mean anybody in the music industry today um you know needs community um, I don't know of any artist that, you know, creates without a community. Um, you know, going back into the into the 50s and 60s, I mean, even those artists that were, you know, had no idea of how to, you know, connect to their listeners beyond a live show, um, were absolutely, uh, you know, had to have the crowd watching what they did in order to, to, to grow it, you know, and watching this Elvis document or the Elvis movie just reminded me, you know, Colonel Tom Parker was a, a, a weirdo for sure. He was crazy. He, you know, in some ways, you know, Elvis became his slave, you know, but it's like he had the foresight to go, okay, I need to put this talent in front of everyone in order, in order for it to grow. And had Elvis not, you know, toured the world, so to speak, well, he didn't tour the world, did he? But he toured the States like a crazy person, um, nobody would have heard it. And so, you know, even even his heroes, like, you know, um, Little Richard and, and people like this that had, you know, such an amazing voice and idea for music had to get out and perform live for people to really generate some kind of 
you know, buzz in order for it to go next to the next level. And so now here we are in the age of internet where it's supposedly really easy for everybody to listen to you. But I think because of the competition of so many people out there doing it, to cut through the noise, you've got to create a crowd that really loves what you're doing and can get behind it um, and feel that synergy with the artist. And so I feel like Kickstarter is a really great uh, platform for the artist to kind of reach out to the listener and to the supporter and say, these are the things I really want to do. Will you help me? You know, and I feel like the big thing for a lot of our, for me too, you know, we're kind of narcissistic creatures. We're egotistical and we don't want to ask for help because we feel like we can do it all on our own. But it's just these days, it's not true, especially for somebody like me that's an indie artist that doesn't have a label pushing everything, that doesn't have a big record budget, that has to like pay for these things myself. You know, getting a crowd of patrons, you know, to help is essential in creating the record. And I don't think people realize how expensive, how expensive it is to make a record. Um, all the things that go into making an album, I mean, they're not as, it's not as intense as making a film, but it's like making a mini movie. You've got to have several people involved um, in order to create something great. Well, uh, one last question for you. Um, and this is just sort of to end on a fun note. Um, since we're in the holiday season, is there any Christmas traditions, past or present, that are kind of really special to you? It's a great question. It's always uh, a tough question for me because uh, Christmas has been so many different things throughout my life. As a kid, it, you know, my parents would make my brother and I wait on the stairs before we came down. We had a yeah. know, story home. So that, uh, and there was double doors closed before we walked into the family room. So we'd, we'd, we'd have to stand at the top of the stairs until they were ready. And then, and then they let us walk through the double doors into the room with the tree so that was like the big tradition is like wait you know and for a kid you're up at like five in the morning yeah hoping that you know you could steal downstairs and, and get a look at everything before the parents are up right i love torturing my kids that way still <laughs> <laughs> so my, my brother and i i mean we're pretty rough guys and so we would do all the things that parents would hate. We, we, we would go downstairs and look at everything before my parents were even up. And then we'd go back upstairs and sleep until, you know, they called us. And so we got around that. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. horrible. <laughs> horrible to admit. Yeah. But, you know, we, uh, and then now as a dad, you know, I've got four kids and how do I make it, you know, interesting. And, you know, every year we try to, create a moment during the day where it's a family oriented moment, whether it's playing a game together at the table or whether it's going out in the park and, and doing something in the snow, or if it's not been snowing, which happens a lot in Franklin, you know, doing something, you know, in our neighborhood, taking a long walk, talking about the day, something together as a family um, where we can kind of hang together and really explain what we love about the day and what we love about our, our family. Um, there's six of us and three pets. And so there's, uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bodies there. 
to yeah <laughs> yeah that's great man i mean i mean obviously you know one of the things that's so valuable about the holiday season is is, is it is built around nostalgia and and some of that nostalgia is, is the memories you're creating for the future so that our kids can look back and have those nostalgic warm fuzzies so i think it's awesome to to kind of build it around moments and and memories like that and uh and i think i think your music obviously you you have mentioned you know you're you're tampering with nostalgia so it's it's fun to to see you know there's there's these kind of haunting sounds of the past with sort of a brand new kind of packaging and and we get to just enjoy something new and hopefully like you said just something we can visit from year in year out now absolutely and to me music music is magic it continues to be uh, magical on so many different levels and i feel like it's the one thing that brings us together so easily you know and and the, and you know in a in a, an age where everybody is kind of talking about what they think or how they feel online um and you know it becomes a divided territory because of politics and theology and everything i think music is that thing where we come together and we agree because it's it's such a bonding experience yeah that's awesome man so kevin thanks a lot for being here man thank you dave thanks for the opportunity it's it's great to hang and talk Yes, always fun to connect with Kevin Max. Um, and thanks to everybody who participated in his Winterwoods Kickstarter. It was a roaring success. And congratulations to everybody who went to the Winterwoods Weekend Experience in the Nashville area. Uh, at the time of this recording, it was just last weekend. Um, I heard it was a fantastic time um, with a lot of great music. Uh and also, those who participated in the Kickstarter, they all got the Winter Woods digital download of the full album. Um, it was just finished in early December and sent out last week. Um, to the general public, right now, two singles are available online. You can listen to um, basically tracks one and two of the project. Uh, Coventry Carol was the first single, and Mad Boys is the second single. Um, I believe that the whole album will be available next week, which is kind of the week of Christmas sometime, um, maybe even just a day or two before Christmas. I uh, checked in with the producer of the project, Chris Hoisington, and uh, he said that, that he thought that the plan was um, to release it right before Christmas this year. Um, those who ordered physical products like uh, CDs and vinyls, um, those will actually be probably a few months down the road. Um, I don't know the exact exact plan for that, but um, so just be patient. And Kevin's team will be sending out all that all the goodies um, sometime first half of next year. So uh, thanks guys for hanging out. Uh, hey, uh, we want to point you to a very fun extra bonus thing that we did this year for the Christmas season. Um, we just released a new video that. Um, celebrates the Christmas season called Very Gourmet Christmas Special. Um, I host the video and we have some very special musical guests um, like Drakeford, Candace Coker, and Brothers McClurg all joining in to share 
um, a couple of songs each. Um, and uh, it's a, just a great way to enjoy some holiday music. And we point people um, to uh, just remember UTR and your end of year giving. We have a campaign going on right now called Build-A-Thon. And we could use your help and support. At the time of this recording, we are only at 22% of our goal. So we need a big upswing here in the last two weeks of December. But really what it takes is people like you saying yes and getting involved, taking action, and not just saying, well, let's see what happens or whatever. I mean, you taking action is a huge step. So get involved any at any level that you can. And we have some thank you rewards that uh, we're going to send to you, including if you can give at the $50 level, we will give you send you the, uh, the digital download of the entire concert of uh, the actually the video concert of, of the Rich Mullins tribute that we did at Judson University on September 9th that featured Carolyn Ahrens and Jason Gray, Andrew Greer, Brothers McClurg, and uh, David Mullins, several other special guests. Um, that all happened uh, on September 9th, and we we this is the only way to get the video um, footage of that. So check out the campaign at the, in the link in the show notes, or you can go to our website, utrmedia.org. All right, we got some more holiday conversations coming up with singer-songwriter Stacy Frenes on the second half of Green Room Door. This UTR Media podcast is sponsored by Amazon.com and their platform for giving back to nonprofit organizations, smile.amazon.com. The next time you need to buy a backpack, computer, book, glue sticks, Ultra HD TV, or fidget spinner, millions of products, and you type in AMA, stop right there and instead type in smile.amazon.com. It's the exact same website, exact same products, but now you can type in UTR Media as your supporting organization and Amazon will donate 0.5% of all eligible purchases to UTR. You literally pay the same price and get the same prime benefits, but UTR Media gets supported thanks to you being a kind and thoughtful shopper. If you shop with the Amazon app, you can load up your shopping cart and then go to smile.amazon.com to check out and you will be unlocking free money to support this mission. Again, go to smile.amazon.com for your online shopping and select to support UTR Media. to see the encouraging spirit focused work the utr media continue to grow strong join the year-end campaign together we can see the work grow and thrive especially now when digital content is so important your gift of support will help impact lives matt in washington state said if it wasn't for utr media i would have never heard of favorite musicians like josh garrels andrew peterson matthew clark andrew osanga I've been going through chemotherapy for Hodgkin's lymphoma, and UTR's Gourmet Music Podcast has been my musical accompaniment. I need the honesty and authenticity of the artists that I find at UTR Media. Thanks. 
Invest in the good work at UTR Media now during Build-A-Thon with a one-time or monthly tax-deductible donation. Go to utrmedia.org. Merry Christmas. I'm Dave Trout. You're listening to Green Room Door, Season 6, Episode 3. And one of our favorite Chris, uh, Christmas traditions here at UTR um, is right around Thanksgiving when the Christmas music season sort of officially takes off. We like to release our picks of the top six Christmas albums released this year, whatever year that is. We've been doing this for uh, for a long time. And, uh, and this year, uh, our next interview guest uh, released a Christmas album that made our top six list. Um, so we're excited to introduce you to the project Light of Love as we dive into an interview with singer-songwriter Stacy Frenis. Um, so Stacy, how important is music in the way that you celebrate Christmas? It's incredibly important it's really an integral part of our family ritual ever since um my husband and i met over music when we were in high school we both play guitar and so um every christmas has always incorporated music even before i was putting out albums or performing um in our own home you know we bring out the guitars at christmas time and um, we'd have family sing-alongs. And, you know, a lot of times it was kind of campy and jokey. And, you know, um, I wouldn't say my family or Abe's family, my husband's name is Abe, is full of like really world-class musicians or anything like that. <laughs> it's more like we'd sing the 10 days or the 12 days of Christmas. We'd sing Feliz Navidad. We'd sing you know, um, o, uh, o Come All You Faithful. Just, you know, some songs that just kind of have through the years have kind of persisted as kind of our, the songs we love to sing as a family. And then that led to going out and actually caroling from house to house in our, in our neighborhoods when my kids were little. Um, so it's definitely been a routine and a, a ritual, a tradition that we've kept over the years. Um, and of course, as I, you know, kind of grew in my own songwriting process, I now recorded two Christmas albums and, have loved writing original music for Christmas as well. Um, it's kind of a whole different mindset and way to frame songs that I, I love writing them. So it's been, I'd say, a big part of Christmas for me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm always fascinated when artists, uh, kind of what goes into the decision to make a Christmas record. I think uh, it happens for different reasons for, for different artists. So what was the decision-making like uh, just planning to record a Christmas record for this year? Yeah. You know, for me, it was the fact that I, I the last one I had done was way back in um, 2004. I recorded a little Christmas EP and, you know, I've been every Christmas I, I gig and at least before COVID happened, you know, right now yeah. it's, a, it's a weird world, but I would go and do multiple gigs in the month of December. And for the most part, I'd be drawing from that little EP. I mean, that was kind of my core music that I would do. And after, you know, around 10 years of doing the same, the same material, 
I remember going, okay, I really would like some new material to do, uh, you know, when I go sing. And so really for me, it was more of like, artistically, I wanted some fresh material and, you know, the messaging, I, I felt like I wanted to say new things. I'm a new, I'm a different person. I've grown. I'm, you know, my faith has grown in different ways. And so I wanted this new season of holiday Christmas music to reflect who I am today as well. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can you dig into that a little bit more? Like what, what are some of the themes that you just were on your heart to express? Yeah. I mean, for, for sure the, the title of the album itself, I kind of, I knew the title track and the title was going to be light of love. I'd been reading a lot about, um, you know, Jesus, the, the scripture in John that talks about how, how Jesus, um, you know, the light came into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And I remember holding on to that verse all through the pandemic and COVID and um, kind of just thinking about collectively how we've been kind of in the dark for a while as, as a whole, as a people and as a globe. And um, uh, I, I, and yet that light persists, that hope that we have in Christ persists and continues in different forms in different ways. And I thought, man, I just, I really want to talk about that, the hope we have in Jesus and um, the light that he brings to the darkness of whatever the darkness is, whether it's now, whether it's um, folks who are struggling economically, folks who are struggling health-wise, um, you know, mental health wise. I mean, there are all these areas in our lives that we experience darkness. And I think that um, as we lean in to what it means to let in more light into those areas, we can experience Christ and his birth and his, you know, his presence in new ways. Um, so that was one of them. And, and then the other big theme for me was just, you know, wanting to have an album that celebrated the joy of, of gathering, you know, of gathering with the people we love. I think, again, you know, coming out of COVID, coming out of the pandemic, we all kind of, I think a lot of my friends, a lot of the folks I've talked to rediscovered the joy of simply being together and not needing to go out and to fancy places and buy a lot of stuff and have big extravagant Christmases. You know, it's more like just the joy of being, being with the ones we love the most. And so I wanted an album that reflected um, that theme and that value as well. So that's cool. That's good. Um, yeah. Can you share about the opening track rejoice? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was thinking about how, um, you know, you have these visitations from the angel in the Christmas story, especially in Luke. And in these visitations, the angel is always saying, you know, don't be afraid. You know, like that's the first thing he always yeah, says. Right. And, and it's almost as though he's anticipating that there's going to be this kind of freak out moment from whoever he's visiting. And, you know, I think that that's, uh, I think about that being the case of whenever we encounter God, you know, there's, there's just, God has to kind of tell us, listen, it's going to be okay. Don't be afraid. What I have to tell you is, is for your good. It's for the good of all it's for, you know, um, but there's that barrier always of our own fear, whether it's a fear of having our lives be interrupted or disrupted by what Jesus wants to do in us. 
um, whether it's the fear of change, the fear of whatever it is, I think God comes to us first with don't be afraid. Mm. And I love that. Um, and I wanted to just write a song that opens with that line and really just says, this is good news for all, you know, I think we forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's what the song's about is just let every heart rejoice, you know, let lift every weary voice. Darkness is gone. The daylight has come rejoice. Um, so yeah, it's one of those kind of just celebratory moments. It's great. I love it. Um, all right. One more song question for you. Um, uh, can you tell me about this is an original song home for Christmas? Yes. Okay. Home for Christmas. I I'm so glad you chose that one. Cause that's, I think it is my personal favorite on the album. Um, I wrote that song in the heat of August or, or July when it was about 98 degrees outside. <laughs> and it was, you know, the opening lines, the holly's been hung and the lights are all strung. It's a cold outside on this December night. I mean, I was really reaching. <laughs> You'd use a lot of artistic liberties there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's sure. probably shocking how how much Christmas, like all the Christmas music we love, like probably yeah. a lot of it was made in the summer <laughs> or written in the summer. I was full on in my tank top and shorts. I mean, I was just like, Ooh, it's warm. Um, but I wanted again, that was that song for me, because I, I was really remembering kind of thinking about how when we gather we kind of gather together with all the memories of Christmas past and Christmas present and then all our hopes for Christmas future. And in our case, you know, we lost my dad a few years back and he died right around the Christmas holiday. And then we lost my husband's mom recently. And, you know, it seems like the the times when we gather are, of course, those times when we kind of, we miss those family members or those mm. loved ones the most. And, um, and at the same time, so it's a song, it's a kind of a bittersweet song. It's the sweetness of gathering, but it's also the bitterness of missing those who, who aren't with us anymore. We'll sing the songs we've been singing so long and laugh at familiar old jokes. We'll tell the story of angels from glory that still brings a thrill to my soul. Nate Sabin, who produced this album, I said, I really want that song to sound classic and timeless and vintage, like one of those songs you've heard all through the years at Christmas time, that just with this with the really lush sweeping string parts. And boy, he just he delivered a really gorgeous track. And and um I, I'd say it's my favorite one on the on the album. That's great. Um, okay. One last question for you. Um, 
what is a tradition that you love to do each and every Christmas season? Oh, I love baking. I mean, I love to to bake. My mom has an amazing apple pie recipe and she's, you know, we're from North Dakota and we got, she got the, the recipe from my Swedish grandmother who emigrated from Sweden to North Dakota. And so, I mean, this is the classic Christmas, uh, uh, you know, apple pie recipe. So it's one of our favorite things to do each year is to make those apple pies. It's so good. That's, 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 that's fortunate because, because eating desserts is my, one of my favorite Christmas traditions. So, I mean, we, we might have to, you know, somehow, somehow connect each other through the miles because that's, uh, that sounds delicious. I, it's I think, pretty great. I and I think the key I think, is using Granny Smith apples, which are are sour. Oh. I mean, you wouldn't think they'd be good, but they retain. They don't um, sweat. They call it sweat. They don't like okay. up as much, and so they stay nice and kind of tart. But then you mix that with the cinnamon and sugar, and it's that nice little blend of sort of sweet and sour, a little bit of tart. Ooh. It's it's really phenomenal. Yeah, this is like a holiday life hack right here. This is great. <laughs> Um, and, and nothing, I mean, there's really nothing better than a a house, especially at during the holidays that just smells like desserts are baking in the oven and the cinnamon and all that. Ah, I can just, I can be, I'm transfixed right now. (laughs) I highly recommend listening to my album while smelling an apple pie baking in the oven. That, that would be the quintessential experience right there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> awesome oh stacy thanks so much for just hanging out here and sharing about your music absolutely thanks for having me dave what a delightful person i love talking to stacy frenis glad she could be on the show and definitely check out her new christmas project light of love it's uh, on our top six christmas albums of the year you can read that full list at our website utrmedia.org we'll link to the album so you can listen on spotify in the show notes today um and uh yeah check out kevin's new project as it rolls out um come in the days uh coming up to christmas winter woods uh fantastic new christmas music um coming up in a few days from now we're going to be releasing a new gourmet music podcast which is going to feature all christmas music that's released in 2022 does that make sense not all the christmas music that was released but all the songs that we play will be christmas songs from 2022 whether they are from albums eps singles um, we've got a, a, several handfuls of songs picked out already, um, so we're going to be uh, releasing that um, the, uh, the week of Christmas. So I uh, hope you're having a wonderful holiday season, um, and, uh, and if you haven't yet checked it out, uh, make sure to watch our very gourmet Christmas special new video that you can find on our Facebook page, Instagram page, YouTube page, as well as on utrmedia.org. Um, I hope you'll watch that and enjoy some live Chris, uh, a live online Christmas concert, and uh, we just had fun putting that together. A big thank you to our support team. We could not be here without you year in, year out. 
And hey, if you would like to become a supporter, right now we're having our Build-A-Thon campaign. It's our most important time of the year in terms of uh, fundraising, and we uh, could use your help if you um, would love to get off the sidelines and get in the game. Now is the time to do that. And uh, not many people know this, but over 99% of people that follow and, and listen and, and consume the content of UTR Media uh, do, ne- do not ever give a gift of support. Um, and uh, so, yes, this whole operation is funded with the generosity of less than 1% of the folks who actually consume it. So that means if you are someone who hasn't given to UTR yet, you're one of the over 99%. How about you switch this year? How about you get involved, even if it's a small $10, $15, $25 gift? Some of you could do that every month. It's like replacing one uh, fast food meal with your support of gourmet music. Um, we would love that, and it uh, really does help us stay afloat and uh, help release content as a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So, uh, thanks for your consideration during this build-a-thon season. Hope you have a safe, warm, beautiful, and memory-making holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, of course, we'll talk to you again next year on the next episode of Green Room Door, a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and online at utrmedia.org. <laughs>